0: Thank you up and welcome back everybody to the creepy and paranormal podcast it has been she's about two weeks since i last did a show um yeah i went for my booster shot for covid i got the JJ booster shot and man oh man son of a bitch that then knocked me on my ass flat and hard i felt so sick I haven't felt that sick like in maybe three years, um, and I was completely manned down. And then on top of that, I went and got bronchitis, which didn't help my recovery in the least. But so, yeah, um, I'm 100% recovered now, back to normal. So I thought, let me jump back onto the mic and get on with another show. But I'll tell you something, what has been really a bit of a blessing in disguise with me being off sick is i've been able to catch up on a lot of tv um and there's been some interesting shit that i have watched and that is where one of the shows became well that's where i got inspiration for today's show was basically i was watching um american horror stories which is a spin-off of american horror story and Each episode is different so the whole season doesn't follow the same storyline and each episode is different but there was one episode um, basically on that was loosely based on the missing 411 case um, which is with people going missing in the mountains and in national parks and um, finding out that it was actually feral people that were eating and killing the people so I thought yeah you know what I Watched Wrong Turn, I watched Tales of Highs, and I absolutely loved those shows. So I thought, let's dive in and see what what kind of truth is out there, actually, in terms of, um, I don't know what you'd call them, inbred people that are living in those mountains. Um, yeah, yo, you hear some really crazy, wacky stories out there. So yeah, that is what we're going to be covering in today's story. It is feral people in mountains or wherever else they will be found and yeah so that's it sit back relax and enjoy the show
1: on this day 50 years ago six-year-old dennis martin went missing in the great smoky mountains national park a little boy was never found but his disappearance caused a massive change in the way search and rescues are managed today potentially saving lives Well, new at 4, W.A.T.E. 6 on your side, reporter Madison Keavy joins us live in the studio to explain. Madison. Yeah, so to understand how things have changed, I thought it might be best to go back to where this all started, where Dennis first went missing. This original poster you're seeing here was made by the Martin family who dedicated the rest of their lives to getting answers about his disappearance. He went missing during a family camping trip in the backcountry of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So to understand that search, still the largest in the park's history, we went along with one of the rangers who took part, his name Dwight McCarter. We retraced the steps of that nearly two-week search 50 years later. Search teams faced, at the time, days of rain and steep terrain in the area. They marched in lines, I'm told, along the trails in the Smokies looking for Dennis even getting support from the White House and National Guard. What McCarter remembers is the size of the search, made up of professionals and community members, too, in all totaling 1,400 people when the search was called, all wanting to help. It just the sheer amount of people with the Army and, uh, and, uh, and the local volunteers. A lot of the searchers were hauled up uh, by a big uh, two-and-a-half-ton flatbed stake track truck, and then they'd go and then haul another load of them, you know, and
0: the impact to the area of just hauling more and more people.
1: Yeah, now, McCarter says he's been on many searches where the child or adult has been found, but he says this one has stuck with him. I'll have more from our conversation coming up at 6. Lori. All right, thank you so much. I can't even imagine what that family went through. No, neither can I. All right, Madison will look uh, more at these changes. She spent hours and hours in the Smokies Mm -hmm. retracing that path.
0: So before we actually get started and dive right into the show, I just want to say that today's show is sponsored by Invoice Cloud as well as Home Ground Coffee. But they will have their time to shine a little later. Let's jump straight into it. Now, when it comes to missing people, there are pages on the National Park Service website which is dedicated just to missing persons as well as cold cases. And though there is no official tally, outside um, they've actually reported how civilians and conspiracy theorists have the number of missing people to be around 1,600, that's right, 1,600. And as the New York Post reported, John Billman wrote about his investigation into these missing persons in the North American wilderness in his 2020 book called The Cold Vanish. Then there's the conspiracy theorist David Pilatus, who founded the North American Bigfoot search, which is dedicated to proving that Bigfoot is real, which that's still a whole nother debate. Um, That's actually going to be another podcast completely one day on its own episode. And as The Outsider reported, Pilates also documents missing people in the North American wilderness through his Can-Am Missing Project. And he created The Missing 411, which is a series of books and documentary films that investigates the unexplained mysteries of people vanishing in national parks. Now, once you're done watching stories... You can then go on to the streaming platform called Hulu to catch both of Pilatus' movies, Missing 411, and the other one which was called Missing 411, The Hunted. Investigating missing persons in national parks and contemplating perhaps paranormal reasons for these unsolved cases doesn't necessarily lead you to a secret community of feral people. But as in The no reported, there has been a TikTok trend talking about cannibal feral people in national parks with some people crediting them for the alleged missing people. Now, one TikToker in particular claims she grew grew up outside of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park and that it's commonly understood that there's people out in the woods who will get ya. Now, it's unclear how this TikTok trend started. And you probably got the worst person representing a TikTok story because I don't have TikTok and I don't see myself getting the app in the foreseeable future unless someone can really convince me otherwise. But it began in January and February of 2021, but there have been stories of missing people decades earlier that people are now attributing to these feral people. And in 1969, six-year-old Dennis Martin went missing in the Smoky Mountains and the Smokies.com outlined in March 2021 how conspiracy theorists are blaming feral people, or another name that they've been called is Wild Men, for the child's disappearance. These TikTok theories have received some backlash since they perpetrate harmful stereotypes of people who actually live in the Appalachian or other rural areas. Like I said, Dennis Martin was six years old in the June of 1969. He was wearing a bright red shirt when he and his brother, along with two boys from Louisiana that actually just met, planned a sneak attack on the relaxing adults in the Spencefield area all along the Appalachian Trail. It was a Father's Day hike near the Tennessee-North Carolina border, a Martin family tradition, one that would be soon plagued with sadness and a lot of confusion. William Martin, his father Clark Martin, the two boys and others started at Katie's coven and hiked to Russellfield, where they camped overnight. And afterward, they made their way to Spencefield where they met a group, ironically also named Martin from Louisiana. What the fuck are the chances of that? Anyways, it was late in the afternoon, and the boys were enjoying each other's company. Now that's pretty much boys. I mean. I grew up, uh, obviously, not having brothers. I had two sisters, much older than me. When I say much older, they're probably going to kick my ass when I say that. But I grew up and spent all my holidays with my cousin, who is three years younger than me, and him and I um, just did typical boy stuff. We built our own go-kart. We used a trolley to drive down our driveway. We played cricket, soccer, rugby. Man, we even pretended like we had a little gang going on, just the two And maybe my other cousin at the time three of us so you know kids just pretty much get on pretty well at that age especially when they're just playing around so it would make sense for these boys to enjoy each other's company now the boys weren't especially sneaky with their sneak attack that they had planned and the adults actually knew what the boys were up to a pouncer movement was afoot they watched as three of the boys went one way to sneak back through the bush And before we find out what happened when the boys were peeking through the bush let us jump straight into our first ad break everybody has their own morning routines but on the top of my list is coffee strong hot black coffee i physically can't start the day without a cup however sometimes life gets in the way and you're forced to buy a cup of coffee while on the road and if you're like me you struggle to find one that tastes good and is affordable well now there is a one-stop solution for you. Homeground Coffee. The name is brilliant and so is the service. Situated at Benoni Northern Sports Ground, it's a nice central point for your morning commute. And why not get a delicious muffin or pie to go along with it? Homeground Coffee is the perfect go-to and I advise you strongly to give them a try. When you do, let them know that I sent you. Find them on Facebook at Homeground Coffee as well as Instagram. That's Homeground Coffee, H-O-M-E, G R O U N D. Gosh, after talking about home ground coffee, I am extremely craving a good hot, strong black cup of coffee right now. Ah, oh, man, damn it! Okay, let me go make a cup of coffee and then I'll come back to the show. Right. So the boys snuck back through the bush and they watched as Dennis and the bright red shirt sneaked off in the other direction, and for all the intents and purposes, off the face of the earth as it's known. The three boys then performed their little scare, all in good fun, and when Dennis didn't pop out from another angle, William got up to look for him. He hadn't been out of sight for more than five minutes, but Williams' search quickly turned frantic, and so it should, I mean... I just can't imagine, like, one minute you saw the child there, and next minute he's not there. Now, it's said there that after more than five minutes, that's when they started really searching frantically. Think about how long five minutes is. It is a lifetime when it comes to someone missing. So I can only imagine how frantically they started searching. The father then ran back up the trail towards Russell Field, hoping the boy had gotten turned around and possibly just went in the wrong direction. The others combed the surrounding areas as well. Then Clyde hiked out to the park ranger station, arriving a little after 9pm. By then, a massive storm had arrived, drenching the mountains in a massive rainfall and dropping overnight temperatures into the 50s. Now for my South African listeners, 50 degrees Fahrenheit is probably around about 10 degrees Celsius. So yeah, pretty cold and uh, not freezing, but definitely cold. And the next day the search was hampered by 2.5 inches of rain as well as dense fog. But as word spread of the missing boy, a massive response obviously grew. And over the next few weeks, the search party grew to an unwieldy and counterproductive size. Boy Scouts, National Guard members, multiple rescue squads, and even a group of 71 Green Berets who had been on maneuvers in western North Carolina came and searched for the boy. Helicopters soon arrived as well. And with so many searchers and volunteers tramping over the wet and muddy ground, any clue or scent that survived, the massive rain would have been quickly lost. Denny turned seven that week, as searchers exhausted themselves to no avail. There were boy-sized footprints of someone wearing one Oxford shoe, which is like what Denny had, and the other foot was completely bare or shoeless slash naked. Now, family members said the prints were too big to belong to Denny, and searchers were skeptical, as that area had been searched by Boy Scouts previously, who could have possibly left the prints. A single sock and one shoe were also found, but it is unclear if the shoe was the right type or size, or if it was the correct foot to correspond with the actual footprints that were found. Now, that's pretty much it for the clues, and the search officially ended in September. Dennis was six when he disappeared, and was never seen again. Probably. A family from Carthage, Tennessee, was in the mountains that day looking for wildlife in the Cades Cove, several miles from where Dennis went missing. They left. They left without ever knowing about the search or the missing boy. And weeks later, when the father, Harold Key, learned about the search, he called officials and reported hearing a terrible scream and a figure running through the woods. Holy shit! That must have been freaking. I don't know if it's scary or creepy, but, you know, I'm just picturing myself right now in the woods, hearing a scream, and then seeing a figure run through the woods that I can't make out. Whoa, that would, yeah, that would definitely give me chills. Now, news reports at the time indicated that Keys' son thought the figure was a bear. Later, they determined it was a disheveled man hiding in the bushes. He was definitely avoiding us. Key was quoted at the time, and officials discounted a connection because of the distance and the rough timeline which Key provided. It was impossible to think that someone could have snatched the boy and carried him away to that spot. Still, many have seized on this reported sighting and dozens of internet driven establishments, oh, sorry, my gosh, not establishments, what am I saying? Embellishments, as an indication that Dennis was carried off the actual mountain. Reportedly, Dennis's father believed the boy was kidnapped and did not die on the mountain. At one point, a reward was even offered for the boy's return. And over the years, this account made it to the internet where charlatans, shysters and hucksters have teamed up with conspiracy theorists and other curious folk who formed wild theories about feral humans and humans in the great Smoky Mountains National Park, regarding what really actually happened to Dennis Martin. Now, one of the most popular theories involving wild men, or feral humans for those, who live in the mountains and go about snatching livestock, and apparently children at night. There are videos, not of the wild men of course, but of authoritative sounding people discussing the wild men, and the FPR cover-up, as it is simply common knowledge. These wild men are something akin to little big feet. Humans who have lived in the wild so long that they are now closer to beasts than they are man. They have their own language and apparently quite a putrid smell that forewarns of their arrival, which is just ineffective feraline if you actually ask me. Allegedly they are cannibals too and it makes you wonder what they're doing with the livestock, besides just eating it? Now I've got this weird visual going on in my head of these feral people using like some of the bones as toothpicks and possibly using the skulls as bowls. Man, I'm—it is crazy to think that there's probably people living in those mountains that are actually living like that. It's freaky as hell. Now. The wild men could also just be descendants of mountain people who went deep into the forest before there was even a park there and, like the tribes of the rainforest, operate outside of the realm of society. One guy who made a very nice video walking his fairly routine weenie dog through a cemetery speculated the wild people could be indigenous people who slipped away before the Trail of Tears and survived in the forest well into the 1900s. He added that some of the wild people spoke English. Others had their own language and still others without discernible speech. So probably like grunting and moaning. So more or less just like animal sounds, I guess. Now, the same guy went on to indicate that his uncles were paid by the FBI to hunt and kill wild people prior to Dennis's disappearance. Now, I've heard of some conspiracy cover-up that the fbr slash government is well aware of these wild slash feral people that are living in the mountains so there's some sort of unspoken agreement that these wild people don't venture into the actual park per se where other campers and parkers are staying and going about their business And if they do, and these sightings happen, apparently massive um, groups of soldiers or whatever the case may be, come in there and basically force them back deeper into the actual um, park itself. So that would maybe explain why there was so many Green Berets, even though they said they were out training, but some Green Beret soldiers that were there, uh, could have been secretly used to actually push these feral people back deeper into the mountains. I don't know, just something for you guys to think of. And on that note, those Green Berets were reportedly brought in because of their experience in dense, wet jungle. But our conspiracist friends who have had us believe they weren't just part of the surge party. So they, like I said, they were basically had a mission which was to hunt out and exterminate these ferals and push them back deeper into the woods so i don't know guys that's a really strange one but you know as the record states there were actual pictures from the time and it showed that the green berets were just carrying long weren't carrying guns at all um they were carrying guns sorry but just a few side arms so i don't know that's a rather strange one and it's not conclusive of course but A weapons drop could have actually been arranged up in the mountains out of sight. But then again, no one really heard gunshots. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a, a bit of a strange one, but it does make you quite wonder. And no one really reported seeing heavily armed Green Berets looking for the boy. They just said that there were Green Beret guys walking around searching for him. So if we have or had bands of cannibalistic feral humans roaming around the parks and just abducting and eating folk, Why don't we know about it? Well, that answer is probably uh, as simple as it is idiotic. We, the good people of East Tennessee and Western North Carolina, make a lot of money off the park, and we don't want to lose the cash cow by telling the world of feral humans. Now, you can hear the sarcasm in my voice um, as I'm speaking on behalf of the actual people of that area, but... Apparently, people living in the area are willing to just go on living next to these humanoids out of H.G. Wells' novel to keep you coming back to their theme parks. So, I don't know, that's a really strange one for me. And while the idea of Feral wild people isn't exactly likely, the mountains are a good place for people who want to actually get lost. Now, I don't believe that even in 1969, a tribe of people could go undetected in the forest for long, Could a loner or hermit living in the mountains for months or possibly even years? Yeah, that is very possible. So what are we talking about here? Maybe one person or a small group of people that are living in the woods off-grid. That could be more possible than a whole community slash tribe of these feral people. Another popular theory is, of course, Dennis went missing because of wildlife. Now, there are bears, poisonous snakes, bobcats, and even feral pigs which all roam in the woods in that area. And officials say it's unlikely that any of those animals would have attacked the boy. But at the time conceded, it was also a dry summer and there were reports of animals seeking food in places and ways they normally wouldn't. Had Dennis fallen victim to a wild animal? It seems likely that the hundreds of searchers would have found at least scrapes of his bright red shirt as well as human bones okay let's take a little breather and let's go and hear from our next sponsor today's sponsor is called invoice cloud now this is really awesome if you're an entrepreneur small business owner or even a freelancer you know how difficult it is to manage and then create those invoices for your customers but with invoice cloud you have everything you need to create simple professional estimates on the fly it's easy to use and understand and getting rid of all the nonsense so you can have more time to do what matters most which is to grow your business invoice cloud allows you to add your company details logo customer information as well as products making it a breeze to send estimates to your clients anytime anywhere now if you want to start your free seven day trial and get invoicing in just under five minutes. All you need to do is head over to invoicecloud.co.za and boom, you are sorted. That's invoicecloud.co.za. If you are like me and you go down the online rabbit hole, you will find that some people are pushing hard on the idea that feral humans live in the mountains. You'll also find people embellishing the words of Harold Key and his family. The scruffy person Key and his family encountered just after hearing the scream was wearing a bear skin, allegedly. He was carrying something on his shoulder. That something was boy shaped and wearing red. Each version adds details that aren't found in the actual original reports. So did Key see something? Probably. What did Key see? Was it a real person? It's hard to say. Key's reports came weeks after the actual encounter and published reports at the time are thin on details. In 2016, Michael Bouchard, a researcher and author, spoke to Key, who was 90 at the time. And in his book, Forever Searching, Bouchard provided this account. Mr. Key reported before walking into the woods with his family, he observed an unoccupied white vehicle. It was parked along the road in the sea branch area of the park near Rowan's Creek. Mr. Key said at first he did not pay any attention to the vehicle. Mr. Key said he walked about 300 to 500 yards into the woods and observed the middle-aged white male. Mr. Key said the man was by himself. The man walked quickly to the road and entered the white vehicle And drove off at a high rate speed throwing gravel in the air. The vehicle was heading in the direction of Cady's Cove. Mr. Key later recalled that when the man saw him and his family he began walking faster. Mr. Key said the man appeared to be perspiring heavily and was acting nervous. Mr. Key recalled he said to his wife, that man he's thinking strange thoughts. Now, Bichard later adds that Key now said he heard a child scream for help and then a scream of pain which came from some distance away. He did not, however, see any child in any form. So, just some random ideas and thoughts about the theories around Dennis Martin. Number one, neither wild people nor hermits drive white vehicles. Number two, it was 1969. Let's just say disheveled people acting funny in the woods wasn't exactly strange then as it would be today. It's more likely that Mr. Key found someone on a trip than a deep harking child abductor. Number three. The idea you could carry a six-year-old struggling human being through miles of rough brush just to get back to your car is almost as implausible as a tribe of whole wild people. Number four. The only wild people out there are probably the guys on the internet making up all these crazy stories. So what do we actually really think happened to Dennis Martin? Well, Occam's Razor states the simplest theory should be preferred to more complex theories or unknown phenomena. So what happened to Dennis? then? Um, Honestly, I don't know. There are ideas and a lot of people tend to think that he just probably went in the wrong direction, panicked and died. Alone in the cold and terrified in the dark, in the woods at night. Who knows? Some people say an animal got him. To me, I still don't buy into that story just because there was no proof of a struggle, there was no um, sh- like shreds of his clothing or bones or human remains found. I do... Tend to more believe in the wild person slash feral person living out in the woods that probably kidnapped him and done what with him i don't know i don't know you've watched wrong turn you've watched your bars they have crazy motives, which is just to really eat and kill human beings so i don't know I, I really don't know what happened to dennis martin um if you had to ask me to put my money on one theory it would probably be um feral people of some sort. I don't know. That's that's what I'm just going to put my money on. There we go. I've said it. Shane Campbell believes Dennis Martin was killed and abducted, or not killed, but at least abducted by feral people. And while it doesn't really matter what I think, at the end of the day, some family has lost a family member and like many other cases, it's unsolved and it's a mystery. And I think there is nothing more heartbreaking than knowing that someone you love has gone missing and you are no closer to knowing the truth and you probably will never find the truth. I mean, that's just the realistic side of it. The chances of cold cases being closed years later on is so, so rare and low that many people just move on with their lives. I'm not saying they forget. Um, Just losing a loved one is hard enough, but losing a loved one and not knowing what happened, I think that must be the most devastating thing. So, like I said, we can sit here and talk about the theories all day long, but there's actually a family that had to suffer and endure a lot of heartache. So, yeah, my thoughts just really go out to all those that were um, affected by that. And not just only Dennis Martin's family. They are... Thousands. Well, they said about 1,600 people that go missing in the national parks and there's still no um, real clue as to what's happened to them. So, yeah, thoughts go out to those families. So, in closing, there are a couple of weird stories I came across um, while I was doing some research online of feral children slash wild animals. I don't know what you call them. And yeah, was one that was really weird, uh, which was in Medina, Russia um, in 2013. Now Medina was the child's name who lived with dogs from birth until she was about three years old. She shared their food, played with them, slept with them um, when it was cold. And when social workers found her in 2013, she was naked, walking on all fours and growling like a dog. Now Medina's father had left her soon after birth and her mother, who was 23 years old at the time, took to alcohol. She was frequently too drunk to look after her child, and often disappeared. She would frequently invite local alcoholics to come and visit the house, and her alcoholic mother would sit at the table to eat while her daughter gnawed at bones on the floor with the dogs. Medina would run away to a local playground, where her mother got angry but the other children wouldn't play with her as she could hardly speak and would fight with everyone so dogs basically became her best and only friends. Doctors even reported that Medina is mentally and physically healthy despite her her ordeal. Now there is a good chance that she will have a normal life once she has learned to speak more in line with a child of her age and obviously gone through a lot of therapy. Yeah crazy right? So there's one more story that I wanted to quickly tell you because this one when I read about it it sort of reminded me about Mowgli Um, but this boy child was about two years old when he was taken by a leopard in 1912 and three years later a hunter actually was hunting and killed the leopard and found three of her cubs one of which was the now five year old boy he was returned to his family in a small village in India and when first caught, he would only squat and run on all fours as fast as an adult man could actually do on two legs. His knees were covered with hard calluses. His toes were bent upright, almost beca- like at a right angle to his instep. And his palms, toe and thumb pads were covered with a tough, like rough, uh, callusy kind of skin. Now, he bit and fought with everyone who approached him. And basically, he had to catch and eat the village fowl raw because he would not eat cooked food. He could not speak and he would only really grunt and growl. Later, he eventually did learn to speak and walk more upright, but sadly, he became gradually blind from cataracts. However, this was not caused by his experiences in the jungle, but was just an illness common in the family and was hereditary. So there you have it, folks. That is where I'm going to wrap up today in terms of feral slash wild people. Um, Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. I really do believe there are some inbred, weird, feral people living out in the mountains. Um, And I don't think it's confined to only the United States. I do believe it is a global thing across the world. And um, yeah let me know have you heard some of these stories do you know of anyone that experienced something like this while out camping I'd absolutely love to hear their story and get in touch with them so please definitely do let me know and if you're living in South Africa at the moment you should be aware of what is happening in KZN aka KwaZulu-Natal with all the major flooding and downpours of rain Yeah, just over 300 people have been confirmed dead and it is the largest Natural disaster that has claimed the biggest amount of lives in our country's history So it's really something scary at the moment. I've got family living down there. Um, I checked in with them yesterday And they are doing all well. Unfortunately, they don't have water at the moment um, and they haven't had for a couple of days obviously the systems have been affected by that but Yeah, guys, it's scary and there is more rainfall predicted for this weekend. I know where I stay in Johannesburg, and there is some heavy rain predicted from tomorrow. So yeah, just to everyone out there, please look after yourself, stay safe, make sure um, your pets and that are well looked after as well. Um, I tend to always worry more about pets than I do humans because, yeah, a lot of people just look after themselves and leave their animals to perish. So please, everyone, just look out for yourself Um, and for my listeners overseas. Please keep us in your thoughts and prayers. And in closing, once again, don't forget to like, subscribe and share the hell out of this video. Like I say, I'm still in need of sponsorship to upgrade my recording equipment. So please, if you are willing to help a brother out, just let me know. Contact me and I will definitely... I'll be in touch with you. You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, and, on, of course, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the works. Anyways, guys, girls, as I leave, you know how it goes when you go to bed tonight. Don't forget to look under your bed.